1996, I launched what was originally the Toronto Sport and Social Club, adult rec sports leagues in like soccer, volleyball, basketball, ultimate frisbee, flag football, those kinds of things. Did that for like 25 years, started, um, you know, really growing the business. And in 2016, about 20 years in, started doing acquisitions because I wanted to roll up the industry. And I wrote a book during the pandemic called It Pays to Play, How Play Improves Business Culture to help organizations realize work doesn't have to be a slog. We can all have a lot of fun with the work we're doing, which you clearly do. You're helping keep your employees around longer. You're retaining them. You're helping with their engagement and burnout reduces. You're helping with physical and mental health. You're helping with creativity and you're helping make happier customers. When your employees are happy, customers are going to be happier. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. She is the sister of another awesome guest who told me at the end of our episode, you got to have my sister on. She's even better than I am. <laughs> and she is one of the world's leading experts on play and on helping workplace culture thrive through the magic of play. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Christy Harold. Welcome to the show, Christy. That's quite an intro, Nikki. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be joining you. I'm excited to have you here with me. So, Christy, the folks who listen to this show tend to be good people, people with big hearts, people who want to make a difference in the world, and they tend to be entrepreneurs for the most part. And these are the folks who, in my opinion, outside of the folks who fight, bleed, and die to keep us free and safe, are the greatest people in our society because they've got the courage to go out there and create innovation, create jobs, create opportunities, create the belief that it's possible for the next generation to be able to go forward. And they listen to this show, not because of me. They see me every week. They listen because of you. They want to learn from you. But before they can learn from you, they got to feel your heart. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Christy Harold? <laughs> oh, this is so exciting. I love that that's who your listeners are. Those are That's my tribe. Those are my people. Um, so Nikki, I grew up in Sudbury. I'm a small town girl. I'm a hick and proud of it. I've been, went to Queens University in Kingston, then moved to Toronto after university in the mid nineties. And when I moved to Toronto, I was literally a small town girl living in a lonely world. And I was like, hey, how am I going to meet new people? I, and and also, I always run my own businesses growing up. We were raised in an entrepreneurial household. And so I thought, you know, I'd heard about um, adult rec sports leagues in the U.S. And I thought, hey, I could try doing that in Toronto. So 1996, I launched what was originally the Toronto Sport and Social Club, um, yep, yep. running adult rec sports leagues in like soccer, volleyball, basketball, ultimate frisbee, flag football, those kinds of things. Did that for like 25 years, started, um, you know, really growing the business. And in 2016, about 20 years in, started doing acquisitions because I wanted to roll up the industry. Our industry is pretty fragmented. Um, did about nine acquisitions pre-pandemic. 
the pandemic hit and that was like frying pan to the face where we were just like, holy cow, what do you mean? We can't gather to play sports in person like that. So we were shut down hard. I had 40 full-time employees at the time, um, 350 part-time. It was a really rough go. A couple months into that period, um, we had to look at our core purpose, which was always connecting people through play. How can we do this differently? And we looked at starting to connect corporate teams through play with virtual events online. So we started running things like bingo nights, trivia, escape rooms, scavenger hunts, um, amazing races, and, and just like all these different playful game shows that we created. And we did over 1500 events in that first year for companies all around the world. So we started this whole new arm of the organization. We also, during that time, rebranded the company to be called Jam. So we now have Jam Sports, which is our adult rec sports leagues. And thankfully they are back up and running and bigger than ever, which is wonderful. Um, we have did an acquisition uh, not about a year ago, have another one in the works right now. So those numbers are growing, getting more people off the couches and playing. And then our corporate teams, uh, the events, we're now not just doing virtual events, we're also doing hybrid and in-person events for companies all over the world. And I wrote a book during the pandemic called It Pays to Play, How Play Improves Business Culture to help organizations realize work doesn't have to be a slog. We can all have a lot of fun with the work we're doing, which you clearly do. Uh, I can tell by your energy. And so it's just talking about ways to make work more playful and fun. And because when you do so, you're helping keep your employees around longer. You're retaining them. You're helping with their engagement and burnout um, reduces. You're helping with physical and mental health you're helping with creativity, and you're helping make happier customers. When your employees are happy, your customers are going to be happier. So there's a lot of power in having fun and being playful with the work we do. So that's sort of where, who I am, what I'm all about. I'm all about just having fun in this life, um, making sure people laugh and connect and don't forget to play every day. Christy, I love it. There's so much to unpack there. And I didn't know you had a book. Um yeah. This is my actual office. I have over 4,000 books. And um, can Let I get a signed copy? You. Can I get a signed copy? Because I, I, collect, I collect signed copies of books from authors. That's one of the privileges of being a podcast host. So I that'd be great. I live in Toronto. I'm in the beach. So we should figure out a place where we can maybe meet in person. And uh, I think that'd be fantastic. Um, but walk me through the whole process of how you pivoted so powerfully during the lockdown era, because not everybody did that. So let's talk a bit about that. What did you learn? And what would you say to your fellow entrepreneurs uh, that they could learn from in terms of how you did that? Yes, that was a really harsh time. I mean, I, I sort of gloss over it a little bit. I'll be honest, like for a couple months there, I, I didn't know if my, what we should have been celebrating 25 years in business. And it was in the business we run is a really powerfully positive business, right? Like we're not, I'm not selling life insurance. I'm, I'm, we are getting people off the couches. We're helping with their, with their physical health, their mental health, because they're making social connections. It's such a beautiful thing that I get to do and that my team gets to do helping people connect and play. There have been thousands of babies born and marriages because of our leagues. There, We've got people who've gotten four players who've had our logo tattooed on their body because of the life-changing impact of our leagues. I've had people email me and say, your leagues saved my life. You know, it's so it's a really positive thing. So when the pandemic happened, 
it was really a shock to kind of go, wait a second, I thought we are diversified because we're now in, you know, at that point, we were, I think, in 11 different cities, but you can't diversify against a global pandemic. Um, and so thankfully, you know, this idea of having your mission, your vision, your values and your purpose sort of laid out is actually it's really powerful because we did go back and look at our purpose, which is connecting people through play and thought, how can we do this differently? And I remember actually having a conversation with my brother, um, Cameron, who you've met. And yeah. I was, I'd spent a couple months definitely feeling sorry for myself, crying, pretty depressed, um, thinking, you know, I'm going to lose this business and, and I don't know how to help all my employees who I employ. I don't know what to do. Um, and Cameron, kind of yelled at me on the phone one day. I remember it very clearly. And he said, you need to pivot. And I was like, if someone tells me to pivot again, I'm going to punch them in the face. Like I was sick of people telling me to pivot because I'm like, how do you pivot? And he said, look at what all the health clubs are doing. They're all going online with their, with their fitness classes. And I said, Cameron, you can't play soccer over the phone. You can't play beach volleyball through the internet. Like that doesn't work for us. We're different. So, you know, I, I, I hung up the phone with him, annoyed by him. Obviously, he's my big brother, and that's what big brothers are good at annoying their little sisters. But I also realized in time, he's right, we did. We had to pivot somehow. And I'd heard about some organizations uh, like ours in the U.S. had started doing some virtual events. Thought, we got to try this. Um, and so we started doing that for our players initially, bingo nights and trivia nights. And then I said to my team, we have to start selling this as corporate events. And one of my team who's been, he's been on, he's been on our team for probably 15 years now, Trevor said to me, you mean to tell me you want me to sell bingo and trivia and game shows to like, you know, Google and um, BMO. And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. Trevor, we're going to sell virtual play to companies. And he thought I was crazy. And yeah. I thought it was a bit crazy, but we had to try. We had yeah, to try. Well, we realized we had something there. There was a lot of, you know, we had Deloitte and Ernst and Young, and um, oh my gosh, like well, as I said, we did fifteen hundred events in un, like in that first twelve months when we launched from May twenty twenty um, to April twenty twenty one. We did over fifteen hundred events for companies around the world, and so we started to scale that and grow that and. Uh, we realized that even now with the pandemic behind us, that we now have developed in-person offerings. My team was in Idaho a week ago and they were in Victoria, BC the week before that um, producing in-person events. We've got hybrid offerings where we can run an event with my team sitting in our Toronto office and they can be running an event in other cities, scavenger hunts and such um, to make it a more affordable option. But there's, there are ways of connecting teams that are still working remotely or hybrid or in person. We can help connect teams in all sorts of ways. And none of that would have ever happened had the pandemic not happened, right? We would have just carried on with running adult rec sports. And so it's really cool. If you'd told me in May of 2020 that I'd be grateful for this, I would have thought, like, no, I will never be grateful. This is horrifying what's, what we're going through. But the truth is now, three years out, I can look back and I'm, I actually am really grateful for the challenges that we were put. We had to think differently and um, to survive. And, and you know, the book, I, the book I wrote never would have gotten written either had that not happened. So there's a lot of good that have 
that has come from it. And um, I really believe we're, we're sort of just getting back to our feet now with the adult sports league side of the business. Um, but I believe three years from now, we will be much bigger and better because of the challenges, because of what we had to put in place in the last three years. So it's been a really cool uh, sort of resilience story for my team. I think I'm really proud of it, my team and what, what they had to do and how they had to, they all had to do different jobs and come up, sort of look at things differently. And, and we made it through. You're awesome. Don't tell your brother this, but I like you better than him. He's a great guy. Don't get me wrong, but man, your energy and my energy is just kind of like a, a match. <laughs> you know. I tell you that since we were little kids, I used to, my dad, there were three of us and my dad would always have our school photos in his wallet and I'd, be, I'd, I'd always pull out the pictures of my brother and so it'd be like, look, you guys, dad likes me better than you because he's got more pictures of me. <laughs> That's awesome. No, Cameron's a great guy. I'm kidding. Yeah, he's he's yeah. an absolutely great guy. He's been really very, very gracious and generous. He connected me with you and with a, a, another really great guest. And uh, he did a fantastic job on the show. But you're awesome. I love your energy. And beyond the podcast, I got to stay connected with you and find ways for us to, to do stuff. But, you know, what you just shared with me is amazing because um, I'm going to send you an episode I did that was one of my solo episodes. So I do two episodes a week on this show. One of them is an interview. The other one is almost always a solo episode. Although a couple of weeks ago, I, someone wanted me to release this episode sooner. So I kind of bumped myself. And this solo episode was based on what my uh, business uh, coach and mentor, Mark Von Muser taught me. Now you probably haven't heard of Mark because Mark until recently has not really cared whether anybody heard of of him or not, but he is um, a man who used to be Anthony Robbins's director of coaching and training. Um, prior to uh, to that, he was uh, the number one realtor in San Diego County, and after that, he worked with uh, a fellow named Russ Rafino, and he helped Russ grow his business from about a couple million a year to forty million a year. Mark is the most. Uh, incredible thought leader when it comes to heart-driven enrollment and sales. He doesn't even like to call it sales. He calls it service. But he taught me about a process that he coined called the three-level gratitude process. So when I get up in the morning, the first thing I'm supposed to do is think of all the things that are in my life, actually in my life that I'm grateful for, like my bed. I'm not homeless. I have a bed. I get to sleep in my bed, right? Um, my book collection, I, I, I've got thousands of books. I love books. I love to read. Grateful for that. My two teenage sons, my 15-year-old, my 17-year-old, my phenomenal, beautiful lady. Um, I'm very blessed and grateful. She's one of the most beautiful women on the planet, and it's the least impressive thing about her is her beauty and uh, that sort of thing. So I think about that. And then the second level of beauty is what you're creating, what you don't yet have. So the type of business you want, some of the guests you want to bring in, that sort of thing. But the third level of gratitude is for all the things that happened to you that you didn't really like at the time and start mm -hmm. to look for the lesson. And when he first told me this, the first two, I was like, yeah, I'm down with that, man. This sounds great. Let's roll the third one. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> I'm supposed to be grateful for the crap, for the horrible stuff? Yeah. Like, yep. I'm like, all right. And then once I started to do that, I had an experience that was very similar to the one you seem to have had, which is that, wow, these things were really happening for me, not to me. 
Yeah. They really made me better. They made me stronger. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You, you know. That saying, you know, what what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. There's a lot of truth to that. A lot of truth. And I think it, it takes some uh, some some age to, to really start to understand that. Um, yeah. Which I clearly have and on my side. <laughs> but, me you know, too. it's... It's, yeah, it's powerful to be able to sort of look back and, and be grateful for that. I, like, I am actually incredibly grateful for the pandemic and what it taught us. I mean, like, the thought, the thought of having to go through it again makes me nauseous. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I'm grateful yeah. that we got through it and the way we did get through it and what we learned from it and what became of it because of it. You know, it's, um, it's yeah, it's a pretty powerful, pretty powerful lesson for sure. He's a wise man, Mark. Yes. Marcus, Mark is, uh, we don't normally swear on this show, but I'm going to make an exception. He's the shit. He's the <laughs> shit. He really is. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll send you that short episode and I'll send you one of my episodes with Perfect. him. because He's been on the show a few times. I think you'll like Mark a lot. He's a great man. Awesome. Um, so let's talk about your book. Yeah. I'm really, really excited to hear about your book. So hold it up again so everybody can see. Uh, at least those that are watching us can see. Yeah. All right. So, Christy, what made you write this book? And what's the main message of the book? Walk us through it. Um, so I'd actually been toying with the idea of writing a book before the pandemic. Um, and I thought, because I really believe in how powerful play is for our lives. And then I thought, you know, I didn't really know how it just didn't feel like the right time. Like I, I felt like my message was more for a corporate audience than it was for a B2C audience. And, and our, all of our clients before the pandemic, it was a B2C business, right? Where, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of people that play in our sports leagues every year, but um, it's not, it was mostly B2C focused company. So um, anyway, when, when we pivoted during the pandemic to start running corporate teams, I was like, maybe now is the time to do this um, because I'm starting to actually see with my own eyes how powerfully us, us doing these playful events for companies, it's like I'm seeing and hearing feedback and it's proving what I've thought all along. And so it became, it, it sort of became clear to me, it was the time to do it. And, um, and so the general message of the book is really, um, you know, it's, it's, it pays to play how play improves business culture. It's the, it pays to play is sort of the, the, um, the return on investment from play is powerful. Like that's sort of the gist of it, that if for those organizations that are willing to take some time and intentionally foster fun in the workplace, it's that is you, the return on investment is massive. Um, and it comes through in a variety of ways. One of which is retention. So, you know, the, the great resignation was was happening during the pandemic. Well, a year after the pandemic in 2022, uh, those numbers got worse. Um, the resignation numbers were were going, you know, increasing, not decreasing. Um, and when we foster friendships in the workplace, when you studies have shown that when you have friends at work, you're far less likely to be looking for another job you're far more likely to recommend your organization as a great place to work and profitability increases. They've done studies that show organizations that have 60% or more employees who claim to have a close friend in the office um, are 12% more profitable. So, you know, that's like 
retention is massive. I had two employees leave during the pandemic and come back. A third one is in touch right now asking to come back. This is like, this is real life where, you know, Sandeep and Taylor both left for more money and better career opportunities. And with, with in under six months, both of them asked if they could come back and we, we found a way we couldn't get them back immediately, but within, within a few months, we had them back on the team because we love these guys. Like we love our team. We, you know, and, and both of them stated, and I wrote about them in my book, both of them shared that the reason they came back was because they'd gone to work at a place where they didn't feel cared about as a friend and they, they wanted to work with friends. They wanted to be driven about, they wanted to be working a place where they cared about the purpose, but also where they were cared about as human beings, as people and had fun with their work. Um, so that's, you know, retention is one thing. Burnout is a massive issue. We're all well aware of, and many organizations right now are focusing on the health and wellness of their employees by, um, you know, offering yoga classes, health club memberships, meditation services all of that is amazing amazing and shouldn't stop however what everyone seems to be missing i think right now or a lot of organizations are missing they're missing those are all very individually focused health and wellness benefits i believe that organizations should be focusing on socializing health and wellness benefits so putting in offering to your staff to have a company sports team have and depending on your size have a company sports team every night of the week Make it optional, not mandatory, but have a soccer team and a volleyball team and a kickball team and a softball team and let your employees sign up for those teams. Organizations like this exist all over North America, right? Like I'm not talking just about jam sports leagues. I'm talking about every single city in North America has adult rec sports. And what happens is you'll get people from marketing, people from finance, people from HR will join the kickball team and they'll go. And and by the way, they can, they maybe, maybe you're working remotely so it's one way that every wednesday night if you're a remote based team your people are seeing each other in person on the kickball field or on the soccer field and they're having some laughs together they're getting to know each other outside of their silos that they normally work inside of and it's they're getting a physical health benefit and a mental health benefit of connecting socially and if you if if sports isn't necessarily for everyone offer a company choir have a have a company rock band where you get together for rehearsals once every two weeks or once a week. Um, have a company book club, which, you know, you, you're a big reader of books. We have a company book club. We've been doing it for 13 or 14 years now. We read a book. We do it six times a year. We read six different books a year. It's democratically voted on by the team, which book we're going to read. Um, it's all nonfiction. And we gather for a one hour lunch. We do it every two months and we have a lunch discussion for those that can be in person, they are. For those that need to be virtual because they're working remotely, they call in and we discuss the book. We just, we're learning together and it's a fun, playful way to you know educate ourselves and connect outside of something different than work. Um, anyway, there's so many ways. Like my book is filled with all tons and tons of different ideas for how we can connect. It's also not just about doing special events, but it's also about... Um, which is this this new arm we've started is is our culture consulting because a lot of people are sort of thinking well wait so we have to stop work to play no you can actually find playful ways to connect day to day with how you run your meetings with how you celebrate loyalty and recognition um, with how you connect at the start of every meeting you know 
have a playful play before production sort of five minutes just to have a funny question that gets answered um, by everyone in the room before you start your meetings. It's a great playful way. Have a banter channel as part of your Slack or your Microsoft Teams so that there's constantly fun chit chat going on and recognize it has to come. The leadership team has to buy into this or it doesn't really work. Like, you know, the leadership team has to sort of make it acceptable to have some fun and laughs. And the power of this is just, it's just immense. And then another aspect is how we communicate. So whether it's your, your emails, are they dry and boring? Because who wants to read dry, boring emails? Not me, frankly. Um, you know, when you, when I have my, when I go out of office, I take 30 seconds to make sure my, my out of office is just a little bit silly and funny. I get people all the time emailing me back from, they get my auto out of office and they're like, oh my God, that was the funniest out of office I've ever seen. And I'm not like that funny a person that frankly, I use chat GPT to help me sometimes. Um, <laughs> I just, I make a little effort to, to make it fun. I get with all of our contracts for our corporate events, every contract out there has to have terms and conditions to them with ours. You get the terms and conditions that are in blue, the legalese, and then you have Jam English, our interpretation of it. And it's just a silly line interpreting the contract so that people get a laugh when they are going through because it's boring to have to read that stuff. You have to have it, but you can make it playful and fun. So there's just so many ways. Um, you know, the idea is take your business seriously, but not yourselves and connect with people as humans because when you do that, you start to foster friendships and friendships at work are incredibly powerful for retention, engagement, loyalty, um, creativity, just so many, so many powerful things that, that come from that. You are awesome. The way you speak, uh, you speak in complete sentences and paragraphs, your ideas are engaging and infectious and I absolutely love everything you've had to say. You know, um, 10 days ago, I work with my better half. Uh, she's a pretty amazing lady. She, to give you a sense of her, she has run and set three Guinness World Records for running 12 hours on a treadmill. What? Uh, oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, she's, she's, she's high level. I call her the girly David Goggins. You know who David Goggins is? Yeah. <laughs> she's the girly goggins because she likes all this crazy long distance crap wow yeah, that's yeah it's it's wild it's wild she's been a she was until quite recently a coach for tony robbins for almost eight years uh and she had done close to like fifteen thousand hours of coaching she's one of the world's top results coaches because of all that time she spent doing it um you know and she's done a bunch of stuff and a little while ago, um, people would always tell us, don't coach each other. You're in a relationship. It's not a good idea. Don't coach each other. But I just thought to myself, you know, there's a there's an area where I need help seeing some things I'm not seeing. And she's really a rock star at it. And I'm really good at working with people. She, she quit Tony Robbins to start her own coaching practice. And kind of my special genius is, whether you're an entrepreneur who's just starting or an entrepreneur with a $50 million company, I know how to get people to make more money from it. That's my special genius. So I told her, look, why don't I help you, you know, do that and you help me with what I'm not seeing. So we were sitting down and 
she said to me, how are you feeling? And I just said, honestly, I'm pretty exhausted. And she said, why? And I said, well, uh, so many people depend on me. I mean, you depend on me. My kids depend on me. My ex-wife depends on me. You know, our clients depend on me. I run a men's organization. They depend on me. I'm just I'm tired. Uh, you know, and I'm sometimes I pour into people and it's great because, um, and then there's some people I pour into and they just take advantage. And she said, yeah, that's your superpower. You pour into people, you love people, you believe in people, you see the greatness in somebody, even when they don't see it themselves. And you got to get smart about being discerning on who, who you pour into, but you also need to stop talking about that. You're the man who makes people money. She says, that's nice. But nobody really cares. A lot of people say stuff like that. She said, you should start saying that you're the man who believes in people, loves people, pours into people, and helps them see the best version of themselves and wants someone to feel that there's at least one person who believes in them and that person will be me. Because everybody needs somebody to believe in them. We yeah. all need that. Absolutely. And man, when she said that to me, I was like, damn, that was gold. And Everything you say here is you, you have corporatized that approach to life. You're showing people that people need to be treated like human beings. People need to feel like somebody cares. And that's not going to happen from an individual way, an approach to business. It's going to happen from a social approach to business and connection. And I'm listening to you going, this is brilliant. Yeah. And like the, spreadsheet, the spreadsheets have to happen. The PowerPoint meeting, like that all has to happen. Absolutely. You can, you can do it as friends and you can do it. And it's just, a, it's a really magical, it's a magical thing when we take a little time to play and kind of what, what happens when you play is you're forced to be in the moment. You get in that flow state, right? Like think about, I don't know. Do you play any instruments, Nikki? No, I, I play sports, but no instruments. Okay. So think about when you play sports, um, you can't, if you're playing soccer or ultimate frisbee, whatever, you can't not be in the moment or you're going to get hurt or, and, yeah. and you're going to be useless, right? Like if you're like picking daisies out there, like good luck. Um, yeah. And the same thing happens, whether you're playing, like if you're sitting playing guitar, I started playing guitar about 10 years ago when I'm playing guitar, it's like a very meditative, you get into this flow state, you can't be anywhere else. And so any, and when you're playing a board game or you're playing a game of cards with your, with your kids, like, you you're very much in this moment and the connection that happens when you're playing with with other people especially is just these powerful social connections so when you can bring a bit of that to the workplace i i sort of have this um one of my slides i do some keynote speaking now on this and one of my slides talks about workplace workplace culture workplace is spelled wrong it should be spelled with a y work p-l-a-y is is workplace with a with a nice. y i like um, it i like it and because i think if we it, just like when we were kids how engaged were we going to school if we didn't feel like we had friends at school we weren't looking forward to going to Not school at all. at all but when we knew we had friends we were going to play with at recess or connect with to help do our school work in the classroom we looked for we were like running to school right and it's no different just because we grow up when we grow up, it's it's the same thing. We look forward to going to work when we're working with people we care about. If all we're doing is checking in and checking out to get our work done and we don't give a crap about the people we work with, you're not engaged. And the same thing goes for your clients, you know, for your customers. How many times have you been on the receiving end of a phone call with a customer service person 
who really doesn't care about you and they clearly don't care about their job, um, it's painful. But when you've had that customer service experience with someone who you can tell is having fun with their work, what a difference it makes as a yeah. customer receiving that experience, right? You're like, clearly you love what you do. And this was a really fun phone call, even though it should have been, a, it could have been a very painful phone call. You know, this was a great experience because you have been so much fun to deal with. Thank you. And then you're going to tell people about that great experience and you're going to create raving fans. And so, I mean, there's just so many ways that I, I'm, I'm just such a believer that having fun in our lives and, and, being playful with with the work we're doing and the people we're working with it's just incredibly powerful um and it's sadly it's just really overlooked and it's not a very doesn't need to be a big investment uh, of time or money but it can be a really powerful return on investment when we do intentionally find ways to to play at work you know i just saw this vision of your company being the first billion dollar consulting company in the world. And I just saw this being uh, jam being like a household word. And this workplace should be the name of your next book and the podcast that you launch should be the workplace, P-L-A-Y-C-E thing. And you should be going and the title of your podcast talk is the workplace, a different way at looking on how to build the business culture of the future. And I think that talk could be given on stages, on podcasts. I, I do this for a living in case you can't tell. But this, is, this is like, another, another saying all this, boom. Another title I'm playing with is Work Friends with Benefits. Nice. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but no, oh my. I love I love the, uh, I've been, I, it's funny you say that because I actually just reached out to someone today about, I've got to get, about getting a podcast going. I don't have a podcast yet. I love the idea of it, of, of interviewing. Yeah. I can get you set up in a week. Let's talk offline. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, there's so many ways to, to connect through play and, and make work more fun. And, and it, everybody wins when we do like our employees, our team feel happier and better, more engaged and the company wins and then the customer wins like there's just no reason not to work shouldn't be pain a painful experience for people it should be something we look forward to being productive part of and um because we're we're doing it with people we really care about as friends we spend a lot of time with these people right so you, you should want to be looking forward to it i'm going to connect you with my friend raymond aaron they they call him canada's coach uh he's been doing this for a long time he's got a podcast i helped him set his podcast up i'm actually doing a podcast event with him in the, at the end of the week but he's got a great podcast you should be his guest I'll, I'll set you up with a couple other podcasters if you like as well we should, be guests. we should set up your podcast for you and honestly i'm telling you straight up you are like you are one of the best guests i've ever had you're a top <laughs> like look I've done over. I do not. I'll tell you this frankly. I do not. You'll Cameron will tell you. I'm a, I'm a man of my word, and I don't and I don't give a lot of false compliments. I also am very positive, but man, you are amazing. And I'm telling you straight up, I would like to speak with you offline. You are like you've got everything in place to be the type of thought leader who, like Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, you know, Oprah Winfrey, can like take this and blow it up to the next level. And I I love doing this for. CEOs period. But man, I would like 
it'd be fun to do it for you. I'd almost do it for free. That's how good you are. <laughs> I mean, wow. Wow. Like, I'm just like, damn, this is good. I'm going to, I, this is the end of my, my, not quite the end of that day. Actually, I've got a couple more meetings, but I was going to take like a couple hours break. And I was like, I was tired before we came on this. I'm okay. I got one more podcast to do. Let's bring the heat. Then let's go take, take some rest. I don't need a rest right now. Oh, that's great. Thank you. That's so nice of you to say all that. I really, really appreciate it. I mean, I am just sort of getting started in the, the thought leader space. I'm, I'm starting to share a lot more on LinkedIn and um, because I really am passionate about my message. And I just think the message is obviously like I'd love to build my business from this, right? Like I'd like to build the consulting side of it and I'd like to build our jam corporate events side. But but aside from that, I just really am passionate about the message because I think every, even if no one, if you don't become a client, that's okay as long as you take some ideas from the book or from hearing this podcast that can help help make your workplace a little more fun, everybody in your organization is going to be better off. And I just think if we can keep spreading that message and, and help touch the lives of people a little more positively every day out there um, through having some fun and playfulness, we, we should, you know, Margaret Mead said, um, do you know, you know, you've heard of Margaret you know, Mead? The quote, the only, you know, a small group of committed people can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Okay, that's a good one. This one is, her other quote is, um, she's got loads, but um, she said, it is utterly false and cruelly arbitrary to put all the play and learning into childhood, all the work, mm. all the work into middle age, and all the regrets into old age. Oh, and I so, love that. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's where the message I'm like, yeah, Margaret Mead was right. She was a woman well ahead of her time. Like, why do we put all the play and learning into childhood? Let's spread play and learning over our lives. And as George Bernard Shaw says, we do not grow old because we stop. We, we do not stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. So I, my message is keep playing. Just find ways to play every day. A little play every day keeps the doctor away, I think. So... It's uh, powerful. That's the title of the episode. I was thinking of a good title we got to use. A little play every day keeps the doctor away. That's very good. This is brilliant. So there's a gazillion ways we could we could we could take this conversation. There's a gazillion things we could do, and and I want to I want to I, I end this powerfully with you. And I, I want to sit down with you after this, if you're if you're game for a minute or two, and, and organize a time to chat with you because you're like a thought leader, ready ready to explode, and it will absolutely grow your business. Don't kid yourself; it will absolutely grow your business, one thousand percent. Because thought leadership, we're living in a time where people are looking for authentic voices inside of the companies they do business with. The buyer has evolved. People are are done with the slick marketing messages. They are so done with that. They are looking for human beings who speak from the heart, who can yeah. connect with them about what matters and is important to them. And they, they can only do that at a company level with a human being, not some marketing corporate message. And yeah. the best human being to do that with is the head of the company, the founder, best of all. The founder of the company is the person they want to connect with. So you, as the founder of Jam, your message, your authentic story, done properly and and, and powerfully put out there, will get a lot more eyeballs and ears to what you're trying to do. And it will absolutely help you 10x, 50x, 100x, 1,000x your business way faster than you ever could. So you're on the right track with all that good stuff. And 
what you've created around play, that workplace is absolute genius and brilliance. So I've just thought of like three podcasts to connect you with immediately and two corporate, two corporate guys, two business owner types who I think might be interested in hearing what your message is all about. You're awesome. You're a rock star. Um, we go and we end our episodes by asking you to do two separate things. The first one is if people want to buy your book, connect with your company, you know, hire you, you know, whatever, what's the best way? Give us all that info so we can toss it in the show notes. Um, okay. So for for me personally, for my book and for my speaking engagements, if they'd like to book me, uh, my website is christyherald.com. So that's Christy, K-R-I. S-T-I, Harold, H-E-R-O-L-D.com. And then um, if they'd like to look into getting a jam event, a virtual event or a company sports team or an in-person corporate team building event, or you're interested, and if you're interested in looking, getting some consulting help on, you know, you don't really know how to get playfulness happening at your organization, um, you can reach out to us. Uh, The website is jamgroup.com. And I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. And Nikki, for your listeners, um, we have my playbook PDF. It's a 10-page PDF uh, called 10 Ways to Integrate Play into the Workplace. And inside the playbook PDF is an offering for 25% savings on a jam um, event or corporate team. And the website for that, the link is christyherald.com forward slash thought leader revolution 25. So that will uh, get them the playbook PDF and... 25% savings. Awesome. Okay. We'll make sure we put that uh, in there for folks to look at 1000%. Really, really great stuff. Looking forward to reading your book and uh, I'll trade books with you. I'll give you a couple of my books. I'll get your book and we'll sign for each other. You'd be great. You um, see, I've got the same bookshelves in my... Uh, you yeah, can yeah, see I see it, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, reading's, reading's the best. Reading's the yeah. best. So, um, Christy, we'd like to end off each episode by asking you, as our guest expert, what are your top three, what we call expert action steps? These are bullet points, your best pieces of advice for my listener to take their life, their business, their state of play and happiness to the next level. What say you? Uh, Great question. So I would say... um... One, be intentional about finding ways to play every day. I don't go to bed without playing somehow, whether it's a game of cribbage with my husband, sitting down to play guitar, um, playing some pickleball, you know, somehow playing with at a meeting with my staff. Um, you got to have a little bit of play in your life every day. Secondly, be intentional with integrating playfulness in your workplace. The power of doing so will pay off. And you can start with something as simple as tomorrow in five minutes, you can set up a shout out channel on your Microsoft Teams or your Slack, whatever you use in your organization, set up a shout out channel and start playfully shouting out great work being done by your teammates and encouraging your teammates to start shouting out others. So you're getting great recognition happening. It costs no money. And thirdly, get play on your PL. I joke that PL starts with like play begins with the letters PL. So get it on your PL. Find a line line item to make sure you invest in play. Have a once a month connecting point, whether it's virtual or in person. You know, go out to karaoke, put a get a company sports team happening, um, book a cooking class, go bowling, 
put it, get a company virtual lunch and laugh happening, hire jam for a lunch and laugh, you know, do a game show or a scavenger hunt or an amazing race. Like there are so many ways to play, but you've got to be intentional about it. So get it on your PL because when you do that, the connections, you're going to foster friendships in your organization naturally, and those will pay off massive dividends. These are three awesome expert action steps. I really like them. They are rock star level. God bless you, Christy Harold. You are awesome. Your energy is infectious. Your ideas are revolutionary and they're very human. We live in an era and a time where people are seeking that human to human, heart to heart connection. They're looking for people to care. They're looking for someone to look at them and say, I believe in you. I want to see you be better. I want to see your life blossom and flower. And when they get that and when they see that, man, magical things happen in the world. So good on you for what you've created. And, you know, I was not a fan of the lockdowns and the pandemic. And uh, your brother and I have exchanged some messages, uh, you know, on, on social media this shit ain't happening again. <laughs> They're not going to pull this crap on us again. Yeah. No freaking way. Fool me once, shame, you know, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's yeah. kind of what it is. So that's that's kind of where we're at. But nonetheless, some good did come out of it. And part yeah. of the good that definitely came out of it for you is you saw something brilliant and powerful uh, and, and you, you made it work for you. So God bless you for doing that. Right. And I think there's, there's some debate now, you know, we, we've gone remote and should we bring people back? And some companies are forcing people back. And I'm, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong to this. What I believe is you can make your workplace culture be awesome, regardless whether you're remote or in person or hybrid, you can have an incredibly powerfully, playfully fun workplace culture no matter how you're working. And there are ways to do that. And that's what like my book talks about. It's, the appendix is filled with and, and sort of filtered by remote options, in-person options, hybrid options. Like there are ways to connect and be playful and get that social connection we all as human beings need um, and desire by no matter wh- whether you're in-person or not. So um, I just, I think that's a really important thing to, to get across. Don't give up just because you're remote working. Like you can still have fun and be playful with how you work every day. Amen. Amen, sister. Say it. Say it loud. Well (laughs) said. All right. Listener, Christy Harold is the real deal. Man, her energy is awesome. She brought the heat. Her ideas are revolutionary and they are thought-provoking as all get out. And what she has to say just makes sense. So do yourself a favor. Go check her out. Go to christyherald.com. Go to jamgroup.com. Go to Amazon and buy her book. You'll be glad that you did. And here's the thing. If something you heard today really touched you, then do us a favor and go give us a like, a rating, a review, because that helps spread the message. And if there's somebody in your life that is feeling a little down, is feeling like maybe the world is not on their side, maybe that nobody believes in them, share this episode with them because they need to hear that there's at least two crazy people, Christy and Nikki, that believe in you, believe in your greatness, because every human being has greatness in them. And every human being deserves the chance to have somebody else reflect their greatness to them so that they realize they are a child of God put here on this earth to live life as the best version of themselves. Make sure that you do that. Don't skip this step because this step could actually help save a life. 
Christy Harold, God bless you. Thanks for coming on the show. An honor Thanks to for having me. You. Thank you. Really enjoyed meeting you. Thank you so much. Ditto. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Christy Harold, go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or wherever you happen to listen to this episode, be it iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audible, or what have you. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.